Good morning, everyone. It's really lovely to be with you here in person or over Zoom this morning, so a really warm welcome. So we're in week three of our new sermon series going through the book of Ruth, and we've been thinking about choices, choices particularly that Naomi has made so far. But today we're coming to the choices that Ruth had to make. So I'm just going to recap quickly on where we've got to so far in our story. So Naomi has lost her husband and her two sons, and she's decided to return to Bethlehem because the famine's over and there's a promise of food again. So Orpha and Ruth, her two daughter-in-laws, have set off with her. But Naomi begs them to go back to Moab because they're not going to be welcomed in Bethlehem. They're foreigners. So Orpha decides, yeah, go back home. But Ruth makes a different choice. So we're going to pick up that story. If you're following along in your own Bibles, we're in chapter 1, starting at verse 15 and going to the end of chapter 1. Look, said Naomi, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods. Go back with her. But Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. When Naomi realised that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her. So the two women went on until they came to Bethlehem. When they arrived in Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred because of them, and the women exclaimed, Can this be Naomi? Don't call me Naomi, she told them. Call me Mara because the Lord Almighty has made my life very bitter. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi? The Lord has afflicted me. The Almighty has brought misfortune upon me. So Naomi returned from Moab, accompanied by Ruth the Moabite, her daughter-in-law, arriving in Bethlehem as the barley harvest was beginning. So Ruth has a choice to make. She could carry on the journey to Bethlehem with her mother-in-law, or she could head back home to her own people in Moab. If Ruth went on with Naomi, she knew that most likely she'd be heading to a life of loneliness, maybe homelessness, perpetual widowhood, against the will of the people she's left behind, without the good will of the people she's going to. She's going to be a foreigner in a country that's quite hostile to people from Moab. Doesn't sound like much fun, does it? On the other hand, if she goes back to Moab, she'd be among her own people. She could go back to her family. She could probably remarry, have a good life. Sounds quite an easy choice to make, really, doesn't it? A life of hardship in a foreign country or the safety of your own family back home. So perhaps it's easy to see why Orpha made that decision to go back to Moab, despite the bonds that she'd formed with Ruth and Naomi. But Ruth makes a different choice. She doesn't choose the easy route. She chose to follow Naomi. And in following Naomi, she's committing herself to following Naomi's God. And in following Naomi and her God... 
She's choosing to turn her back on her old life. She's choosing to step out and accept a new life. Does that sound familiar at all? It's the choice that we all have to make at some point in our lives. It's the choice that Mike was alluding to with that last image of a signpost for Jesus on. At some point, we all have to encounter God through Jesus and make that choice. Do we follow him? Do we give up our old life, the old ways of thinking? And do we step out into a new life? Something unknown, but something new. Perhaps at some point we've all come to that place, or maybe you're in that place now where you know there's something missing in your life. You know there's a hole that needs filling, and no matter what you try and fill it with, it's never going to satisfy. That's because only God, only Jesus can fill that gap. But it isn't easy. It takes courage to make that choice, make that decision, doesn't it? And so Ruth showed courage when she made her choice to step out and follow Naomi, step out into the unknown and follow Naomi's God. So we get that really passionate speech from Ruth, starting at verse 15. She says, don't urge me to leave you or turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people. Your God, my God. And where you die, I will be buried. So Ruth has made her choice. But what can we learn from it? I'm going to look a little bit more closely at what she said. She begins by saying, don't urge me to leave you or turn back from you. To me, that speaks of a great sense of conviction. Once Ruth had set her mind on following Naomi and devoting herself to God and his will, Ruth knew that nothing and no one could stop her from doing what she set out to do. She stood firm on her choice. Despite all the uncertainty that she's walking into, she's prepared to follow. I'm sure that at times you've all made decisions that you didn't know what would really happen as a result of them. And sometimes those little niggling thoughts start to creep in. That little voice goes, oh no, what have I done? What have I let myself in for? Why did I make that? But there's no hint of that with Ruth. She stands on her choice with conviction. Secondly, Ruth was determined. Where you go, I will go. She knew that her future was uncertain. She didn't know what lay ahead. It probably wasn't going to be easy for her, but she was determined to press on and walk with Naomi in her new faith. Some people are just naturally determined, aren't they? They just have that ability to keep going no matter what. And for other people, it takes a bit more effort to develop that as a character trait. Well, most of you know that I've got three daughters, And our middle one, Lauren, has determination by the bucket load. And she's given me permission to to talk about her this morning. So I'm doing that awful thing that preachers do of using their children as illustrations. But when Lauren was about four or five, she'd reached that milestone moment of learning to ride a bike without stabilizers on. 
Now, if any of you have been through that with your children, you know what I'll talk about. I say you're running along, holding this little tiny bike, clutching the back of the saddle as they're wobbling all over the place. And you're running along, then you let go a bit, and then they wobble and you grab it and you catch it, and you're running up and down the garden or the street. Well, we've been doing that for hours, and I think we'd reached that point where myself and Tim just couldn't bear it any longer. Our backs were aching, the bike's down here, she's only tiny, she still is. But Lauren would not give up. She refused to come in out the garden. So me and Tim abandoned her. And she spent hours out there just trying up and down the garden, falling over, getting back on, falling over, getting up on until she did it and she spent that one afternoon when she came in her little legs were black and blue from all the bruises and I remember having to go into school the next day and explain to her teacher why she looked so battered and bruised but she was determined well Ruth showed that same determination to never quit Never give up. Just keep going. No matter the bumps, the bruises, the knocks that were going to come her way, she would keep going with the choice that she'd made. Next, Ruth was prepared to make sacrifices. Your people will be my people, and your God, my God. Ruth was giving up everything. She was turning her back on her old way of life, her family, all that she'd ever known. Some choices we make have a price to pay, don't they? Perhaps you've had to leave behind family and move to a new area. Maybe you've had to change jobs and that's had a negative financial implication on you. But the decision to follow Jesus and then live the life that he wants you to involves making sacrifice. It involves turning away from all that's gone before, giving up things that you might have enjoyed, even though you know they're bad for you, and sacrificing them to make the right decision to follow Jesus. And lastly, Ruth was in this for the long haul. This was a lifelong commitment, not a fleeting whim. She said, where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. Ruth's commitment was so strong that she didn't even desire to have her dead body taken back to Moab because she got no regard for that country anymore. She wanted to be buried in the same grave as Naomi. That's her commitment. Sometimes we can be quite fickle in the decisions we make, changing our mind every few minutes, and perhaps you you know people like that. But Ruth wasn't like that at all. There was no turning back for her. So her decision's wholehearted, it's fully committed, with no hint or shadow of doubt. What I found really interesting in this passage is that Ruth, at this point, appears to have the stronger faith than Naomi. Perhaps it's the desperate situation that Naomi's in, the grief at losing her husband and her sons. But instead of encouraging Ruth to press on in her new faith... She's actively trying to push her back to Moab, back to a country of idolatry and false gods. And if you look through chapter 1, you find that four times Ruth encourages her to turn back. Verse 8, return to your mother's house. 
Verse 11, turn back, my daughter. Verse 12, turn back, go your way. Verse 15, return after your sister-in-law. Naomi is trying to push Ruth away, push her back to Moab. We're under that same kind of pressure today from the world, aren't we? So many times the world is trying to pull us back into our old ways of thinking. Perhaps friends, family that don't yet know Jesus themselves encourage you to do things that you know are not right, that don't please Jesus. So often the world is trying to encourage us to settle for a watered-down version of Christianity, saying you can have the world and God's blessings too, and you don't have to make the right choice or the hard choice. But God is there encouraging you today, saying don't go back. No matter how difficult the situation you're in, no matter how hard and or challenging it is, no matter the storms that are blowing around you, Don't turn back. Don't give up. Stick with the right choice. Stick with the decision you've made. Stick with me because I am with you. I'm sure you all know from your own experiences that choices have consequences, don't they? They have effects. They affect us as individuals. They affect the people around us. Well, Ruth's choice had a massive impact on her life. And we'll discover more about that in the coming weeks. It had effects on Naomi. It had effects on a man called Boaz. And ultimately, it had an effect on you and me. Because it was Ruth's choice to follow God and be obedient to him that eventually led her great-grandson David to be born And from his line, Jesus was going to be born around a thousand years later. Ruth would never have dreamt, even in her wildest imagination, that God had got such a plan for her life. And to think she could so easily have turned her back on Naomi, turned her back on God, taken the easy road back to Moab. See, God didn't force her to follow Naomi. It was her choice. She had her own free will. It was her choice as to whether or not she obeyed and followed. Just as we have a choice today, how deeply we're prepared to commit our lives to God, how deeply we're prepared to follow him. I believe that the church is in a really critical moment right now. And we've got a choice as to how deeply we follow God as individuals and as a whole fellowship here at LMC. We all know the world is in a really dark place right now. But if you read what's happened around the time of Ruth, you'll find the world was in a pretty shocking place back then too. And so her story gives me hope. It gives me hope as to what a small group of believers, a sort of remnant of true obedience and faith can accomplish. And so can our choices today, no matter how small or insignificant they seem, can they be a vehicle through which God is going to transform the world again? I've already said that the greatest decision any of us can make is that to follow Jesus. And I know many of you have already made that choice. But if you haven't, talk to me. Drop me a line, an email, phone me. If you're watching at home and you've not made that choice, think carefully. What's God asking you to do today?
But I just want to finish by bringing to you something that God's really laid on my heart as I was preparing for today. A couple of choices that I think he is asking us to make now. So I've got a sense that God is really stirring this church and the people here to make a choice. To say yes to him and step into something new. Or the choice is yours to say no. And firstly, I think God is laying down a question saying, for some of you, he wants you to make a choice to go deeper into prayer with him. He wants to take you into a deeper prayer life than you've ever gone before. And that involves sacrificing time, being willing to go on a spiritual adventure with God, stepping out into the unknown and allowing God to lead you. But he's longing for you to pursue a deeper prayer life with him than you've ever done before. Can you imagine what would happen if the church got really serious about prayer? If a whole new army of prayer warriors arose and really, really committed themselves to pressing deeper and deeper into God with prayer? What might the consequence of that be? And for others, I've got a sense that God was laying on my heart to say he wants to take you into a deeper sense of going into his word with him, going deeper into scripture with him, reading the Bible more in a new way and allowing God to really transform you with his word. Meditate it. Study it. Let him restore you, build you up, heal brokenness and bring about a fresh wholeness. That the words that you would read will transform your lives and then transform your families and the community around you. So again, what would the consequence be of that if we dwelt more deeply in God's word? But again, they're choices. And you have that choice as to whether you respond to God and say yes, or whether you take the easy road and say no. So if you've got a sense in your heart or in your spirit right now that any of that resonates with you, then please don't ignore it. Explore it further with God. Ask him to confirm if that's what he's laying on your heart right now and see what you're willing to commit to God with. Will you respond like Ruth did? Will you give that same wholehearted commitment? Will you respond with conviction? Will you respond with determination? Will you be willing to make the sacrifices necessary? And will you commit with longevity? So if you feel that God's calling you to go deeper into prayer or deeper into his word, then don't ignore that. Say yes to him. Bless you.